there's a there's a point of clarification that someone asked me yesterday um, that I thought I'd bring to you as the resident linguist. Mm, yes. Um, Omicron. Om yeah. Omicron. Omicron. <laughs> Omicron. Um. So, if we're using the ancient Greek pronunciation, it would be something similar to Omicron, but no one says Omicron. So Omicron, Omicron, totally fine. Okay. Cool. Rhyme or free, it doesn't matter to me. It's my bad poetry. Good day, and welcome to My Bad Poetry, a podcast where we take a deep dive into my dabbling with poetry between 2004 and 2008, when I was in high school. Each week we hear a selection read aloud for what may be the first time, and we will examine it for its historical, philosophical, and literary qualities, always asking, why in the world did I write this? I'm Aaron, and I'm dragging my dear friend Dave with me on this journey into my old private journal. Dave, <sighs> sorry in advance. You're welcome. Um, enlighten us with your most recent endeavors. So this is a poem that uh, is very near and dear to my heart. Uh, I worked on it for a very long time. It definitely wasn't something I did after I woke up from a nap this morning. Listen, listen to this show. What we do here, we don't know. We will ramble on and on, laughing at A.A. Ron. Stop it, stop it, shut your ears, lest our voices grind your gears. I like it. I thought it was good. Yeah, no, that was great. Uh, um. th this is a, uh, again, I worked really hard on this. It's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Now, my question to you is, did you have the the rhythm and tune in mind before you wrote it? Or were you writing in like, oh, this could be set to Twinkle Twinkle? Um, I remembered I needed to write a poem. And on the wall of my son's room, which I was cleaning at the time, we have Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. And I looked and I went, I got it. I'll do that. I'll do that. Nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. Thank you for that, Dave. Uh, as always, um, you're the highlight of the show. <laughs> and now for the low light. <laughs> and now for, for, uh, for, for, for my contribution. Um, <laughs> thanks to my previous self coming to us from that fateful day, December 5th, 2005, which uh, coincidentally is, is the weekend of this recording. Um, just oh, yeah. uh, the, the fact that it's kind of lining up this way is strange. I didn't plan it that, but wait. But, Wait, what year is what year did you write it? Two thousand five. Okay. Wow, we are old, Aaron. Yes, yes. We've we've discussed this already. Wow. Yeah, this is the sixteenth anniversary of this of these words uh hitting the page. Uh and... give me give me a minute to, you know, cry and then mm -hmm. we'll come back. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're good. And we're back. Thank you for letting me take time to let my emotions out. Yes, as we, we reanimate this um, this poem, which probably should have stayed dead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's an untitled poem, Dave. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, and it goes like this. To dream of you is worth all the money in the world. To be with you, now that's, that's worth more than the universe can offer.
So it's a good thing that we, uh, in pre in a previous episode, talked about your poem Obsession, because it feels like obsession might be the theme of most of your poetry. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I hear that. Yep. <laughs> this is um, definitely one where it's uh, pining after an individual. Um, no. What? <laughs> yeah. Um, very cliche. Yeah. In structure. Um, kind of a recycling of a, of a, I mean, all the money in the world. What is that? A maxim? Or no? That's yeah. Not... Well, yeah, that works. Sure. Like a, a phrase to, to, no, no I don't know. Not a maxim. Not a maxim. It would be, um, bad. Bad. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you know where the word cliche comes from? No. Enlighten me. This might be a complete aside. That's what Um, cliche and stereotype both come from printing um and cliche is onomatopoeic it's the noise of rolling ink over your typeface hmm. so like as you roll ink on top of it mm -hmm. it goes clish 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 so it became like a pre-written statement ah i like isn't, that isn't that interesting yeah um yeah it's a, it's a cliche poem it's kind of a recycling of of works already written um yeah. ideas already said it, it, I have a typo. It's the wrong then. Of course. Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, it, the comparative versus the... Oh, yeah. Than versus then. Yes. I honestly thought in my head, like, there's only one then. <laughs> oh, it's not even the same word. No, it's not even you the are, same word. You are fundamentally wrong. <laughs> yes, yes. If, if only I could enunciate better, I would catch that. <laughs> More often, um, that is still an issue I have to to this day. Um, my poem in the original journal, uh, the last two words go up the side of the page. You are a weird man. Because I ran out of room. So. Um, are you it, writing in pen? No, um, this is my pencil phase. Uh, so you could have corrected it, but instead you didn't. Entirely true, yes. Uh, and there are moments where there are eraser marks in previous poems, but this one... I even had the whole second blank page beside it. And instead I wrote right up the, um, the crease. <laughs> um, are all, no, these are all the three written on the same day, right? Yeah. So this is the third of our trilogy, starting with why rage and, um, to dream of you, I suppose would be this one. Fair enough. So are they all written on the same page? No. Why has it a, a page unto itself? I'm really trying to help you out to say like you were showing like like a triptych. Oh, like a, sure. a three-sectioned painting, so you were trying to juxtapose them all together. But instead, you just strange. Yeah, no, and this isn't a concrete poem uh, where the design of the f words uh, make a shape uh, on purpose, like uh, the object that it is describing. It is just, um, although you could say, as it runs up the crack... It does go where it belongs. <laughs> yes! <laughs> that might be the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> well, now I hope I got it. I got the term right. Concrete poem, I think is what it is. Oh, yeah. No, that's right. Concrete well, poem. Well, that's impressive. You actually did something correct. You know, I was trying again. <laughs> 
I was trying to research more terms uh, about poems. <laughs> Is that your your word lesson for the that's, day? That's the word of the day. Um, and I didn't think it would. I didn't think that would be the word. Um, just as I was vamping on this error in judgment of the the size of the page. Um, so this poem, cliche and um, short. Yeah. Uh, a little uh, again. Not a little, a lot obsessive about uh, uh, the, the singular person who I am pining over. Right. I do see kind of an evolution in emotions. We talked about that a bit last week or two weeks ago because we took the week off. But uh, with rage, how that had all this, uh, I rage. And then yeah. the poem following it, this is talking about dreams and worth more than the universe can offer. Again, I think it just kind of shows the kaleidoscope of feelings that one can go through in a day that's fair well and especially as a teenager like the uh i was gonna say temperance that's not the word the lack of alcohol <laughs> yes <laughs> no the, the temporariness what, what would the word be for that uh, effervescent <laughs> no <laughs> it's all bubbly shoot what is the evanescence, evanescence. yes i loved that song <laughs> of course you did. Oh, you have two ears and a heart. Of course you love that song. Yep. <laughs> no, what word were you looking for? Uh, the modality. I don't know. I don't have a word for it. Um, how quickly teenagers' emotions can turn around. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel I get into like I don't know. I get into a rut of joy in my life or like a rut of sadness or depression. And like it, it balances out over days at a time. But when I was a teenager, I could go from like one class to the next in high school and be very upset and be very happy and be very overjoyed and be very distraught. And yeah. it felt like it was over the course of 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, I, I, I'm curious, Dave. Um, you 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 kind of uh, gave your exasperated sigh, and mm -hmm. um, chalked this up to creepy obsession, rightly so. Yeah. But um, the line, does it work for you? No, no, no. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, to dream of you is worth all the money in the world. That's a compliment. <laughs> to be with you now, that's. That's worth more than the universe can offer. You're priceless. Oh, it's like it's like those um, Visa Mastercard commercials or um. For everything else, there's Mastercard. Yeah, but it, it, it would like list off like blah 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 five dollars blah 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 five dollars an experience of a lifetime priceless. That's this yeah. in a poem. Um. <laughs> I'm honestly trying to find a nice way to say that this is like the most meaningless platitude. Platitude. That was the word I was looking for when, when oh. um, I went with maximum and cliche. Yeah, no, very um, platitudinal. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we are linguists. Uh, I, I do not claim that honor. That, that's all you, bud. Oh, okay, good. Um. <laughs> Yeah, this uh, uh on the radio recently there's uh, Ghost of You by Justin Bieber. And uh um 
that one's like I'll settle for the ghost of you. That's that's a similar sentiment to the um to dream of you is worth everything. Sure. Um, so it's it's out there. Uh, that that like you said, it's a platitude. Um, yeah. But yeah, it it feels. I mean, very obviously, like putting someone up on a pedestal. Mm hmm. Yeah. Especially when you consider like the worth of other people in your life. Ooh, oh. Like, is this my family listens to this day? <laughs> well, no, I'm not. What I'm what I'm saying is, you could take this in a positive frame, saying like, the value of people is more than that of material things, and being with people is even greater than that. So it's not only that people are more important than that, but like the experience that you have with other people is greater than that. Okay, I love that interpretation because you're taking it out of the uh, romantic sphere mm -hmm. and you're making it simply anyone. To be in the company of friends, of family, of loved ones is, is priceless. Right. Yeah. Okay. So ignoring the entire context of the, uh, <laughs> the original setting of this poem, this platitude actually does kind of lift up um, the worth of others right yeah the value of people in your life yeah yeah you put it back into the context of um pining over an individual and you get those uh the, the pedestal problem um mm -hmm. that we talked about we did talk about that on obsession where um yeah, yeah. and it can lead to emotions like rage and mm -hmm. um and poems like why where you have uh this idealized version of of love that is com coming crashing down around you <laughs> right um yeah so uh, these words don't work for you as a pickup line you've made that very clear um oh i'm i will say i don't think the these ever uh saw the light of day in my attempts to um rekindle whatever <laughs> romance there was i think this was uh strictly kept to the page <laughs> I dare you to take this to your wife and say, would this pickup line have worked on you? Okay, so uh, funny story. Um, <laughs> That's not a great start, Aaron. <laughs> we met in swing club, dancing, um, open, yep, open night dancing uh, on typically Friday nights. Uh, I think maybe Wednesdays too. I, I honestly don't remember. Ours but, is Thursday nights. Well, good for you. Yeah. Watch ours be Thursday too. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was just open dance. There was there was a short lesson to, to start to teach a move, and then it was open dance. And I started senior year of college, so I was a rookie, kind of just learning the ropes. And uh, a lot of of the the women there would <laughs> begrudgingly dance with me. Um, uh, <laughs> my future spouse being one of them. But there was one day where she left early, and I didn't get a chance to dance with her. And so I started being my um, poetic, romantic self, crafting <laughs> this line. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We shared a dorm building that year. And the next time I saw her in the stairwell, knowing that I had the safety of she got off a floor before me so I could, I could deliver this line and run, essentially, because <laughs> that's what I do. Man, the confidence dripping from this story. Yep. Uh, so... <laughs> With my heart pounding as we walked up the stairs, I was lamenting to her that uh, we didn't get a dance. Then she was she explained that she had to leave early for for something else. I, I don't remember if I said that's a shame or but, but basically I said, 
Yeah, well, um, that's a shame because I always save the best dance for last. <clears throat> and we got married. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm gonna need to talk to your wife because we need to check her for concussions or I don't know what. Um, yeah, for those for those at home who are um are, are listening to this, I am not advocating for pickup lines. <laughs> I think she looked past that. Right. Yeah, I think uh, this is a... I don't know. Can we learn anything from this other than uh, platitudes are, are often tired and overused and uh, aren't really that true or helpful? <laughs> well, I think platitudes can be helpful when used broadly. So, like, when people when people say stuff like this, it sounds more like they're talking about a specific person or a specific time and place. And when it's used more broadly, platitudes can be useful. They can also be really harmful sometimes because, you know, like, especially platitudes around grieving. Mm. Like, oh, there are some real bad ones out God there. God needed another angel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I want to punch people sometimes. Yeah. Oh. Um, but I think platitudes can be useful in when, when you sparingly and when used generically. I like that. Yeah. As, as we saw in the poem, um, applied to an individual, creepy. Mm. Applied to humanity, not, not too far off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not fundamentally wrong. Yes. Yeah. Fair. Well, um, the part that I have been dreaming of this week oh my is gosh. the part that is worth more than anything else this podcast can offer. Dave, good or garbage? Have you ever uh, jumped headfirst into a trash can? No. Have you never lived, Aaron? Apparently not. It's a. Tr it shows up so many times in TV and movies. Like right? there's just trash cans available all everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm getting from this is, uh. Imagine you dropped something you perceived to be valuable in a trash can and you dove in headfirst. And what you pulled out of the trash can is covered in like the juice at the bottom. And mm -hmm. like it, it picked up some smell and some stuff from the side and might be covered in like old wonton soup or milk, just in general. Uh, that's what I'm getting from this poem. Diving headfirst into a garbage can to retrieve something and coming up technically empty-handed. Yep. A fitting metaphor. Um, well, I don't want to be uh, insincere and just another person jumping on the bandwagon, but Stephen Sondheim was a legend and um, the soundtrack to much of my growing up uh, my sister was obsessed with into the woods and sunday in the park with george and i uh inherited that obsession from her mm -hmm. and so um we're kind of breaking form today in that we are going to leave you now with the words of a true poet the the great lyricist stephen sondheim the words from color and light spoken by george uh, in the musical Sunday in the Park with George. And this is done uh, kind of in a duet with um, Dot, who is uh, played by Bernadette Peters in the original. Um, this would have been Mandy Patinkin. I'm talking too much, but um, 
<laughs> her lines intermingle with these words, so it's not going to sound exactly like how you would hear it in the song. But this is George's part from Color and Light, a selection. Look at her looking, forever with that mirror. What does she see? The pink lips, the red cheeks, the wide eyes, studying the round face, the tiny pout, seeing all the parts and none of the whole, but the way she catches light and the color of her hair. I could look at her forever. This has been my bad poetry. Now go write some of your own bad poetry. Chasing the ghost of a good thing. I'd settle for the ghost of you. Back to Bieber. I went to Dashboard and you took it back to Bieber. Huh. Chasing the ghost of a good thing. Yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah I'm just seeing the through line in, in, in pop culture songs here. Right? Fascinating. Rhyme free does man. It's my bad.